0: Welcome to Recovery Internet Radio, broadcast live and direct from Straight Stuff Studios. Thanks for joining us here tonight. We've got an excellent episode here for you this week, Sunday night at 7, as we do for you every week, Sunday night at (laughs) 7. So thanks for being with us here tonight. I lost track of the number of episodes we've done, but it's got to be in the several hundreds. Between that, millions, I don't know, a lot. A good number. Um, <laughs> I think we'll have some fun tonight. So I'll, I'll introduce you to our host this week and every week, Mr. Rick Atwater.
1: Yee-hee.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we we we've been
1: doing this for uh, it was two years in uh, April,
0: I believe. <laughs> that's all right. Well,
1: it's, you know, that's over a
0: hundred anyway. So. Yeah, we're in
1: there. All right. But it, whatever, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show tonight. Uh, Welcome to Straight uh, Straight Stuff on Addictions. Our tag tonight is Wild Lotus, From Muddy Waters to Beautiful Flower. And you'll find out more about what that means as we go. Uh, Thanks for joining us tonight, this Sunday night at 7, where we are every Sunday night at 7. We were just joking around about why it's at 7. It could be because... Walking Dead is on at 8. Mm. Interesting. Let's think about that. Interesting. Anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah, Thrones. Yeah. That's, that's what did us, that's, 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 that's what, good show. yeah, we decided that the time would be better for everybody, you know, if we did it a little. But earlier. then we
1: do have the, you know, bar thing, so yeah, well. we're good. Anyway, uh, thanks to our engineer uh, tonight, Chris. Chris, not only tonight, but pretty much every night, every hey. Sunday night, it's Chris. Whether he wants to or not. Uh, I had in a stand-in one time. Yeah, we had a, we did have one stand-in. And our guest tonight, Jeff W. Uh, hey, Jeff. Things.
0: Yeah, hey, Jeff. Hi, how's
2: it going? Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs>
1: um, just a couple quick things before we get started. You can call in to the show for questions uh, or comments. Or, God forbid, opinions, by calling at 323-792-2977. That's 323-792-2977. Or you can t- tweet us live at Rick Atwater.
0: That is correct. If yeah. you're, if you're a, a fan of the tweeter. If you're a tweeter. If you are a tweeter. And that,
1: we'll get your tweet on the air and we'll respond to you. Or you can call us and we'll respond to you.
0: Through the magic of the Internet. Yeah, that's it.
1: So... Um, The last thing here before we roll is remember to check out recoveryinternetradio.com.
0: That is recoveryinternetradio.com. For all our links to our live shows for this week, you can sign up for our wonderful newsletter. It's not really a newsletter. It's more of a show reminder, but it's darn nice. You can link to all our archives and download the show as a podcast to your Android or Apple or whatever device you might have. Okay. Okay. I think we got everything.
1: Hey ho. We gonna plug anybody tonight, or want we'll to save that for later?
0: Ooh. You know what? Now we're getting close to school getting started. For all you parents and and young folks out there that are back to school coming up this fall, um, we tend to notice that that it sort of correlates with uh, people getting into some into some shenanigans. So if you uh yourself or, or worried about how your life is going if you know someone that you think could use some direction please check out our uh youth mentoring service it's called sidekicks mentoring you can check us out at sidekicksmentoring.org okay. and uh we'll link you up with uh uh people that that care and want to make a difference so check it out
1: yeah good okay thanks so so let's you ready to go yep okay so let me ask you, I guess by way of of uh, doing this thing, let, let's talk about how your addiction stuff got started. Like what, kind of like, let's start from more or less from okay. the beginning and let's talk about that a little bit.
2: Okay. Well, um, my parents got divorced about, I was about 13 and... I uh, started having a lot more time on my hands without any parental supervision and um, started hanging with some people that were, you know, kind of quote unquote the cool kids and, uh, you know, um, and I wanted to fit in. So, you know, I, uh, my first drink was a screwdriver. I hated it. <laughs> it was terrible. Can I ask you, like, why a screwdriver? I mean, where I did have that no come idea. From? I It was just handed to me. I'm like, oh, okay. gave it to you. Yeah. At that
0: point, you're not picking. Like, I'll have an old fashioned. Yeah. No. You <laughs> <have a man laughs> hand. I was just
2: like, sure.
0: That's yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. So it was a screwdriver. Yeah. Okay. And what else? What else were you? What else were you using around that time?
2: Oh, I was experimenting with pod, and you know, at first. You know, I didn't, I didn't get high, but they taught me how to, you know, smoke it, so I would. And at the time, I was very thankful for that, you know, because mm-hmm. I was able to get in with them, you know, and be part of their, you know, their group and stuff like that. So. What was it at
1: that time? Like, what time are we talking about? What what years are we talking oh, about?
2: well, I was around fourteen, yeah, something like that. Like, know.
1: what year would that have been then?
2: Oh, um. 96. Okay. So.
1: Yeah, working backwards, doing the math.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying, I, well, you know, it's just like, what was a
1: cool kid in 1996? Um, well. Or your,
2: your perception of a cool kid anyway. Yeah, my, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, baggy jeans, jerseys, um, you know, uh, I had my hair slicked back and stuff, kind of looked like a, you know, a gangster and stuff like that. Okay. You know, uh. It's yeah. hard for me to imagine you as a gangster uh, yeah, kid, yeah, well, I had quite quite, had the, at, at had the quite the facade at the time.
1: You had quite the yeah. Yeah, I was hiding. <laughs> yeah, okay, you were hiding. you and I think you told me when we talked that these were these were you know these kids were basically gangbangers.
2: Yeah, for the most part, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, whatever whatever kind of gangbanger you can have at age fourteen, I'm right, not
2: sure. Right. Right.
1: I don't know if, what's what's gangin' and what's bangin' at 14, but
2: yeah, not much. Yeah, but it uh, you know, progressed into, you know, when I got a little bit older, I was hanging out with people that carrying guns and selling, mm. you know selling drugs and stuff like that. But at first, I mean, when I was 14, 15 years old, I mean, it was very, you know, we dressed like them, but we didn't, we weren't, you know, getting in fights or anything. We just you just looked like and that. Smoke weed and yeah. yeah. Okay. You know. All right. So what were you hiding? Um, well, I, I guess at the time it was that, uh, the fact that I was bisexual, um, you know, I, I, I tried to deny it and pretend it wasn't there uh, and push it away and, you know, cover it with the clothes and, you know, selling the drugs and stuff and just trying to play that tough guy role, you know what I'm saying? And, um,
1: yeah. Yeah. But that was something. And did anybody know that at the time other than you? uh, Oh no, no, no. That wouldn't have been No. No. Not a good thing. Do you think that, that 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 knowledge that you know, maybe more the fact that you had to hide it than the than the than the actual um, choice that you made right. was what, what caused the damage, the the hiding? Yeah. Do you think that contributed to the using that you had to hide?
2: Uh, yeah, because I, I didn't want to be what I was because it was, you know, frowned upon and you would, and at that time, you know, people that were gay were made fun of and stuff like that, or bisexual Mm -hmm. were were made fun of, and I didn't want to be that. I wanted to be, uh, part of the cool kids. So I kind of just hid that, you know, that that part of me. Right.
1: Um, and does, does getting high make that easier?
2: It would, it, it would numb me out, you know, and, uh. I wouldn't have to think about it, I, you know, um, mm. when I got, when I got sober, when I, you know, in intervals of sobriety, you know, when I wasn't using, you know, I was suffering a lot, you know, really confused. Mm. Um, uh, it, it was not fun. So, I mean, the only, you know, thing that helped at the time was alcohol and drugs. and
1: All Right. You know, so. Did you, did you, were you aware of that? then or was it just, i mean were you aware that that was helping you or was it just no it what was you did
2: it well i don't think i gave it much thought i just i just when i wasn't high or drunk i noticed i didn't feel right and i was thinking too much about you know what's going on inside and all that and then just simply wouldn't smoke a joint or drink some vodka you know whatever it took and i wouldn't have to think about it anymore and i'd be a part of you know this uh, group I was hanging with, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, and then, so, like, so take it from there, so you're
1: 13, 14, oh, I guess the other thing I wanted to ask, so, like, you were probably, li- I don't know, were you living with your mom or your dad, or? Uh,
2: My dad at the time,
1: yeah. And then, but he was working, so you were right. doing your thing?
2: Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, so. And did you have siblings, brothers and sisters? Or? Yeah, I had a... Uh, I was the oldest of, uh, I got a sister who is now 19, I'm 32 right now, mm-hmm. so she was a little baby at that time, and then my brother was um, eight, maybe. You know, oh, okay, so started. you're the oldest. Yeah, though. I'm the oldest of yeah. the, the three. So.
1: And you were already pretty much, you're on your way out at the time. Yeah. They're Yeah, they're coming up, so. Right. Did you, did
2: you have any, did you think you had any influence on them? Uh, yeah. Probably not not so much my sister, because she was just a baby at the time, but my my brother, you know, he kind of wanted to be like me and be cool, and, you know, (coughs) like at that time he wasn't using, but I kind of, he saw me, you know, hanging with some kids I shouldn't have been hanging with, but that they were, you know, we were considered cool and stuff, and, you know, he knew I was drinking and smoking weed and stuff like that, so.
1: Yeah, you know. We don't know what kind of influence, but a, but probably not a good one.
2: Probably not yeah. now now probably, but
1: yeah. yeah yeah I would I would suspect that that's true yeah yeah so you know and the other thing I was thinking about is that you um you know you said how pain you know how painful it was but um I can imagine having a, having a secret yeah from everybody yeah. basically yeah. including your family oh yeah. Yeah. You're, so you're the only one that knows, and you're carrying the load here. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and that's, so I'm trying to, you know, put myself in that position and think to myself, I can't be who I am.
2: Right, right. That took many years to be able to accept who I am. Yeah, and um, I'm glad that you're, like, you're, op- I mean, you're just, like, frank about it now. Yeah, like, it's, that's like, who, it's who I am. Is and and, you know. don't like it, you can take a hike, you know, <laughs> to be quite honest. Yeah. yeah,
1: but you had to learn that
2: yeah yes it took a while and did for me. it take did it
1: take uh um, pain- uh you know painful things or did you just come to it i mean how did you get there
2: to be able to accept it yeah. um just being tired of hiding and keeping secrets and you know and you know i i i can't exactly remember exact people, but you know I would let out to Close people that I was bisexual and I Mm. felt better. So it was like, hmm, you know, that's something to look at. I feel better after I am honest about who I am, you know. so, um, but that was, you know, just uh, uh, learning about accepting that. And then there's a whole other piece of, you know, being okay with other people knowing that, you know. Right.
1: That'd be, you know, general knowledge kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Because once you tell, one person or two people or three people then
2: yeah it spreads like wildfire
1: it's gonna go yeah sure.
2: yeah Which, uh,
1: yeah do you remember do you remember the time when that happened
2: oh boy uh
1: when like you knew that it was gonna go from like two or three close people to
2: um anybody who anybody mm, who wondered like like a, me coming out of the closet you mean kind yeah. of thing? Um, that probably didn't happen until I want to say like four years ago, maybe five okay. years ago. Yeah. yeah, when I started trying to get sober and stuff like that. So
1: and you kind of the, the honesty thing kind of
2: oh yeah kind yeah.
1: bumps up against the secret thing right about there.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you could say that <laughs> first principle is honesty. So. Yeah. So how how do you think
1: at that time? How do you think you the kids that hung that you hung with? How do you think they viewed you?
2: I don't think they, I don't think they knew I was bisexual or anything different because you know I would, I would do the same things they did like you know get yeah. in people's faces and yeah you know <laughs> yeah you know start fights I mean did you ever get in trouble with the cops? Um yeah yeah for uh like possession and stuff like that but no you know I've never had a felony you know, yeah. thank God and um yeah there were some run-ins with the police yeah but. Did
1: they know you by name
2: or... Yeah.
0: Okay. Get yeah. your, yeah. your picture on the wall in the yeah. office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the office oh, that out. kid again.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. So, yeah, just because most people that I know have had some pretty intimate contact with yeah. our friends in, in law enforcement. Yeah. Um, so, Okay. So at that time, when you
2: were like, what was happening at home for you? Anything around that time? Were you getting no. in trouble at home? It just no, not really. I mean, my my dad would just come in and you know yell at the door and you know of my room and be like, hey, I know you're doing drugs now. Yeah, you know, go go do you know muck yeah. yourself. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry, dad. Um, and he would leave me alone. So I mean, really, I I look back and I was enabled. I think. but Yeah.
1: Um, he didn't want to deal with you. No, no, no. Uh, and I'm sure you were, you would have been a great prize to deal with anyway. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Nobody really
2: said, Hey, that's not okay to do that. No, not really. Not, not to the point where I thought about stopping, yeah. you know, the drugs and alcohol. So, all
1: right. So, all right. And then we're, we're in like early high school. Did you finish high school?
2: no i i uh my junior year my uh, the dean actually pulled me out of a classroom and told me uh you know you need to either take a shit or get off the pot hmm. yeah i got off the pot uh, okay <laughs> I'm like all right, well, this is a good time what do me you mean lead. by that get grades well yeah or do show, show up it, yeah show up, do school you know okay, so. you weren't do you weren't really doing oh, school. no no I was in the you know b d classes and you know, I would just I'd show up high or drunk or whatever, and just like pretend I was doing my homework. And, and how did you get in the BD classes in the first place? Um, just well, mouthing off to teachers and, hmm. um, you know, pushing people sometimes, and you know, um, just yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know, swearing.
1: And, hmm. you know, yeah, being being a pain in the ass. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because yeah, it's. I, you know, it's hard for me to imagine. See, I mean, I you know, knowing knowing you now, just doesn't. No, it's it's, it's a complete transformation. It doesn't
2: seem. You
1: know, no,
2: I mean, no, just, I was. It's hard for me to see. Yeah, I I'm pretty peaceful. You know, I am a peaceful person today. Um, and like I said, all that you know, you know, swearing and cussing and acting out was all like that was, it was part like of the cover. All, yeah, it was all part of the cover. You know. Mm-hmm. Just to uh,
1: yeah, and you were going to maintain your cover right out the. I mean, right out the door. That's right. Yeah. You did. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you do after you left school? Just party a lot.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, gave me even more time. You know, have friends over and just get messed up, and it was just a free for all, really.
1: I mean, did you change? Did you change your drug habits? Any
2: at um, that point? Well, doing... I, yeah, I started doing like coke and uh, acid and ecstasy and stuff around, you know, junior senior year. Yeah, uh, selling
1: drugs and stuff, you know. So. What year did you What year did you get the get the choice? That was.
2: Well, they, I I left in '99. I was supposed to graduate in 2000, so.
1: So you were, like, a, a junior, like a junior when you junior. left. Junior, yeah. Finished your junior year or not quite? No,
2: I was ha- like halfway through it. So,
1: okay did you ever go back to school
2: i did i went i went and got my GED. I uh i don't remember when i did or anything but uh sometime yeah sometime back in the I went, yeah some yeah. sometime but, all right
1: so what what did you did you have any inkling that drugs and alcohol
2: was a problem for you at that at that time or were you just, no, I just having a good time I was just having a good time i mean I didn't even think about it being a problem or anything at that time so and so what happened after after
1: that, what did you? What, what's the next chapter?
2: After high school? Yeah. Um, Were you working at all? Yeah, on and off. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know, I would get a job and then, you know, I would get a little bit too deep into drugs and alcohol and I'd just stop going and then lighten up a little bit, get another job. And, you know, it kind of just went on like that for a while. Um. I see. Then, uh, uh, let's see what are we at. About eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. See that that was all a blur from about. I mean, no, between like eighteen years old and I want to say twenty one years old, it was. It's very hazy. Lots of drugs and alcohol. I, uh, more drugs, but um, yeah, I don't remember too much there until this next chapter. Okay. And um, this uh, this chapter here pretty much changed my life for you know up until now. I mean, it completely changed my life. And um, I had met a man on gay.com. Uh, I'd like some money for that plug, gay.com. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> make sure he gets the check. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, to, we'd have no. to give
1: equal time to Christian Mingle, so...
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, nah, but I, I I met this guy, and, uh, you know, I met him, and, you know, he was very uh, giving with his money. He had drugs, mm-hmm. you know, alcohol, um, sex, good sex, and, mm-hmm. you know, all that. And uh, so... <clears throat> I decided to kind of, you know, stick with him, like, and uh, I guess he was a boyfriend at the time, Uh, I guess I consider him that, and I moved to uh, Nashville, Tennessee with him, I didn't tell anybody that I was leaving, no friends, no family, nobody, you know, because What do you think they thought happened to you? uh, Shit, I don't know, you know, Um, I don't know, you know, that's something, I, I don't know why I haven't asked them what that was like you know, emotionally for me right. to be just gone. Right. You know. That that's something I should probably talk to my parents about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: there's a stuff for that, but we'll get to Okay. Yeah, yeah. It will, yeah, it's not rushing into anything here. Yeah. So so you went to Nashville why Nashville? That's just where he was I don't, going no, or? he
2: he said that's where that he, he was he worked at a cell phone company and uh um they they offered to him like that he could transfer to Nashville and make more money.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So he asked me to go with him, uh, move there with him. And I, I said, yeah, I mean, you know, he had what I wanted, you know.
1: Yeah, he had money and money, drugs, drugs, and drugs and whatever. Or
2: sex and, you know, the whole thing. So I was just like, all right, yeah, for sure, you know. More money, are you kidding me? I'm go- I'm going, you know. Mm-hmm. And this, mind you, this is before I even thought I had a problem. I was just living, you know what I'm saying? Right. And you're in your early 20s. Yeah. just like living it up kind of thing. And, uh, so, uh, I moved down there with him and he said, um, he, he, there's a medicine that he took. It was called serocitism. Uh, I'm going to need money for that plug too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, (laughs) but, uh, um, no, and he told me it was for his that he had cancer and it was for his cancer or whatever and uh anyways, so we moved there were there a couple months and I decided, you know, there was abuse, you know, uh a lot of mental abuse going on. Hmm. Um I was crying a lot and eventually I just had enough and decided to leave him and that's and then when I told him that that's when well he decided to start choking me and uh i uh he was saying that he was going to kill me so you know my mind you know while I'm being choked you know my mind got very clear and um you know it was a very strange experience i mean it was like preparing to die kind of thing it was very yeah, strange yeah you really thought that it was oh yeah while be- well, yeah. well, i was being was choked it. and the guy said i'm going to kill you motherfucker you know mm-hmm. that type of stuff so like I said, my mind just cleared, and all I thought about what was re- is, is what was really actually important, and that was my family. Hmm. I just thought about them and how much I loved them and missed them. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I looked around the room, and I'm like, this is the last of what, you know. Did you get calm was, inside? I did. I, I got very calm inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and next thing I know, I don't know what happened. I don't know if I, I, I mean, I blacked out, and I, I don't know if I, Fought him off or he let me go. I don't know. To this day, I don't know what happened in there. But I awoke and I was running to the back door. So, um, I, uh, got away. I ran to the hospital, got a hold of my parents and got back to, uh, uh Crystal Lake, mm-hmm. Illinois. And, um, um you know, I was kind of skeptical, uh, cause, well, I was kind of skeptical of that medicine that he was taking, the serocitism. And it turns out, I found out later or shortly after I got back that it was a medicine, uh, for HIV hmm. and, and, um, yeah, he, he gave me HIV. Hmm. Um, so he was positive and you were, and then you, be, you're positive. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm positive. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and I remember the, the the doctor asking me when I went back to get the results. You know, and he said, "You know, have you used any intravenous drugs?" I said, "No." He's like, "Well, you're HIV positive." And my whole world just like, "What?" I'm, you know, that could never happen to me. You know, I never thought in a million years, hey, you know, you might get HIV from having unprotected sex oh. with this guy.
1: You know, and because uh, you just assumed he he. He was well, I was he'd very, be responsible about that.
2: Yeah. I mean I was a very trusting person at the time, right. you know. Uh no no mind you, by this time I, I had left the you know, the gangbangers and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I was living more of a um, well a, a life of uh being with guys and stuff like that and embracing, you know, my sexuality and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So at that time I I was a little bit more peaceful and you know kinda of hippie ish or something. I don't know how to explain it exactly, but uh, yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that. But... Yeah, but that's
1: just the time so that's the time in your life. You found out you were you found out you were HIV positive. Yeah. And you were living you were basically living a gay lifestyle at that point.
2: Uh pretty much, yeah. I mean I I wasn't going around telling my parents or anybody, you know, that I was bisexual or whatever, but I was definitely, you know, going to the clubs in Chicago, mm-hmm. the gay clubs, and you know all that. And um, would you have would you have told
1: somebody that you were HIV positive before having sex with them?
2: Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've I've had to. I, I've uh, I've been with people, but I used a condom and I didn't tell them. And, and Mm-hmm. When I got to my amends, I had to go back and tell these people, and that's against the law, mm. not to tell someone that you're HIV positive before you have sex with them. Yeah, uh, I mean, I did use a condom, but you know, right? Um,
1: but it's dangerous, nevertheless. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. And you know, so how do you think? How
1: do you? How did that news of being HIV positive? How? what did that do to you personally and then what did it did it play in terms of your drug use i think when we talked you talked about you were you know you you're doing the gay scene so meth is more uh, yeah. prevalent there oh yeah and you're yeah. Into, you're into some meth
2: yeah i got into meth I, I i don't know if i'd say i was you know addicted to it for long periods of time but i definitely got into it what what did it do to your head as far as the um, knowledge geez. about the hiv uh like how did I take that I had HIV? Yeah, or? like what did it? How did it affect you?
1: Um, well,
2: mentally and emotionally. Well, at first it was just like I'm gonna get fucked up, you know, hmm. and that went on for a little while, um, and then you know, hmm. by the time I, you know, what
1: was the question? How did the, the HIV affect you? Oh, well... And you just and you you but basically you answered my question. Oh. You said I'm going to
2: get fucked up. Yeah. You know, like some people yeah. would say
1: I'm going to go I'm going to go to the hospital and get some medication.
2: No, no, I was going to get <laughs> no. fucked
1: up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, you know, just uh, yeah, I I get that. Okay. Like it was something that
2: you just didn't want to deal with. Yeah. I mean, at first it, you know, when it, the doctor told me. I was like, well, "What the fuck? I need this." I mean, Weed. at that Weed. time, Weed. I mean, we're talking, we're talking what <laughs> in, now, right now? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> make this be done. I mean, we're talking about you know the potential of you know mortality. Yeah, we're
2: not. We're not. Yeah, I. Uh, this is not the flu. Uh uh-uh. uh Uh And you know, mind you, I was 21 or 20. 21 when I found out, that was 11 years ago, and still, it's relatively new in the HIV thing, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but eventually I did, you know, seek out a clinic, and uh, uh, they, you know, tested me, and kept taking, you know, taking my blood, seeing what my levels were, what my, you know, T cell count was, what my viral load was, and all that, and uh, they decided not to put me on meds for a while to see like what kind of strain I had because there's different strains of HIV, mm-hmm. so they wanted to kind of track it to see okay what meds should we give him for his strain or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, it was uh, it was I was HIV positive probably seven eight years before they even put me on meds, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. okay, so and. And so the way that affected,
1: the, the, the answer, I guess, to the question is the way that affected you're using is like, well, I'm going to use more. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so, yeah. For so, quite some time, yeah. 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 And so where did that, so you're, you're living that lifestyle and you're doing some, uh, you're HIV positive. You're kind of trying to avoid that thinking there at the beginning. What happens then?
2: Um, I guess I had a, uh, what do you call it, lucid interval. Mm um where this okay well i there's a point in there somewhere now remind you a lot of this is hazy i I, you know i do a lot of drugs uh (laughs) um but there was a point in there where i saw i'm like like after i got HIV positive like i started using but it was but at the same time, I was kind of like, eh, maybe I shouldn't do this, but I was like, fuck it anyways, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, somewhere in there, I kind of, I, I figured there was something, you know, maybe not right with this whole using drugs and alcohol, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some some stuff about, maybe I need to get healthy, or yeah, this isn't healthy for some me, of that, or something. Some of that, but I was like, you know, I was like, well, I, you know, I got some time, you know, I can... Partying it for a little while here and mm-hmm. see what happens and uh, eventually i mean the, the, i guess this would take me to the next chapter all right well you know what let's
1: let's take a break because we're probably we're probably about halfway through the show and we wanted to, to play a song by tool Alice i'm not going to say what the song is because i can't remember but it has something to do with a
0: ladder no no ladder alice okay ladder alice Thanks for being with us here tonight. Uh, Enjoy the song. We'll be back with you in a few. Hope you enjoyed the break. Welcome back. We're talking to Jeff tonight. Thank you for telling us the story. I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's good for people to hear, and it's uh, definitely interesting. And I, I appreciate you being out uh, for all our listeners out there. I hope you're enjoying it as well. You can find all of this on recoveryinternetradio.com, and I guess we'll get right back to it here. Okay, Yeah, because we were about
1: yeah. to, we were about to change chapters, um,
0: uh, like we.
1: I guess we left uh, where you were just having maybe a little thought that maybe there might be yeah. this whole drug and alcohol thing might be
2: a, might there might I might have a problem. I might, it might be it a, have a problem with it. Where did that lead you? Um, back to partying. Uh, yeah, more partying. More partying. <laughs> no. um, more research. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, what really turned it around, I guess, was. Uh, um, I got a job at a Starbucks and the manager there, he introduced me to a sect of Buddhism and I was, you know, I, I really liked it a lot. And, um, you know, it, it was about, you know, chanting and getting rid of negative karma and stuff like that. And which is not an easy thing to do. It's getting rid of negative karma. So, um, so I started chanting a lot and got really into that. Uh, still, you know, doing drugs and alcohol, which uh, I would not recommend um, doing both of those at the same time. Um, so, hmm. um, uh, basically, uh, you know, I was doing math and stuff, and I thought, and this was when, when MySpace was around, and uh, I decided, you know, because they they they, they told me you know, if you share the chant that it will take out like a big chunk of negative karma, you know, out of you. you mm-hmm. know? So my thinking, oh, well, my extreme thinking, I'll just get rid of all of it right all at once.
1: I'll share with everybody. You know, and it, yeah. Then,
2: yeah. And so I put on MySpace and uh, a couple of days later, I really didn't know my ass from a hole in the wall, to be quite mm-hmm. honest. I was having panic attacks constantly. Um, I was getting delusional um they and uh my mom she didn't exactly know what to do with me so she you know called I don't know what was it um some mental health place and uh you know I guess she told them that there was something wrong with her son and um so I I went to this outpatient thing that's what they decided to do for me and then like uh, they saw how kind of insane I was getting. Mm. Um, I, I, don't know what I looked like, mm. but I do remember, all I remember is really just a lot of suffering. And, mm. um, so they, uh, saw that there was something wrong. They didn't know what to do with me either. Um, so they put me in a mental hospital, um, at, a, and I was, I ended up being there six months um in that six months i was i didn't talk much now i was just having a lot of panic attacks and thinking you know in my mind that i was having relationships with like famous people in my mind and i thought it or i i took it to be very real um and i thought that was really happening um and I didn't talk a whole lot while I was there, so they didn't they didn't know what to do with me either. And then I and then I said something like, um, "Is the government out to get me?" or "And is Al Qaeda out to get me?" and stuff like that. And they're like, "Oh, okay." So they're like, "Oh, he's got schizophrenia," you know. And um, so that little thing that I did when I was high on meth, when I put that on MySpace, um, it threw me into sch- uh, schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Which I still have today um, it was it was an extremely difficult time in my life. They gave me uh six e c t treatments, which is electroshock therapy um did those do anything not really I don't think, except like really mess with my memory like when I got out of that out of the mental hospital then like People would call up to me and be like, hey, Jeff, hey, how's it going? I'm like, and I had no idea who they were. Hmm. No clue. You know, like my best friend at the time. Like I I had no clue who she was. So, Hmm. but she kind of clued me in and then, you know, we got back to being friends and stuff. So it was cool. So you were in
1: in, uh, the mental hospital. You were in a state hospital, right? Yeah. Yeah, for six months.
2: Yeah. 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 It was terrible. Yeah. (laughs)
1: yeah well you know it's like it's funny there's a couple of things that that run, run through my head when I hear you talking and one of them is you know that 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 the whole thing started even though it, it ended up in in mental illness it started with a spiritual yeah. you know some people would call it a spiritual emergency yeah um, and yeah. I guess sometimes if you're not if're if you're taking drugs you're not grounded and so yeah. the spiritual stuff will You know, spin you into outer space, and I guess it did.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think it, I look back and, I mean, it was a terrible, terrible time in my life. Um, I was extremely depressed for quite some time. um, And, uh, uh,
1: yeah, you were, you were, it was a hard time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and how long of a time, did, how, I mean, how long of a period of time are we talking about? Well, I mean... It sounds like you were collecting diagnoses.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> More or less. I ended up having, the, like, today I'm diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder, which is schizophrenia with a mood disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, panic disorder. Mm. So, um, But I look back on it, and I see that I think that's what actually saved my life, mm. you know, um, I I could have been dead or put in jail for a long time because,
1: you know. Um, yeah, if you had just continued the path that you were on.
2: Yeah, I mean, who knows? Um,
1: yeah. 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 So, so you were so you were hospitalized. A lot
2: of it's I take it a lot of it's hazy. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I just remember panic attacks a lot, and um, what was a panic attack like for you? I uh, felt like I was going to die. My throat was, like, closing in. My chest was pounding really hard and just thinking I'm going to die. Like, mm-hmm. And this was daily, many times a day for
0: mm-hmm.
2: six months in the hospital. And while I, when, I was, when I was out, it, they continued. So, mm-hmm. But after the six months, they, you know, it wasn't a harm. Or a, um, I wasn't a harm to myself or others anymore, so they had to let me go, you know. Right. So, Were you ready to go? Yeah, yeah. I did not like being there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I can imagine that. Did you? So when did you uh, make any attempts at getting sober at that point?
2: I did. Yeah. When I got out, I I I started going to NA. Okay. Um, I, I didn't really take it too seriously at all, but that was my first kind of thing with uh, trying to recover or uh, addressing this problem. You know where. Every time I picked up, bad shit would happen, you know, and I couldn't stop until like I ran out of drugs and alcohol, and it usually ended up that I had to go back to the mental hospital, you know, because mm-hmm. I wanted to die. I right. wanted to kill myself many right. times. So, and that's what, and
1: that was the cycle that happened at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, how long did you did you stay sober at all in NA when you first came out? Oh
2: boy, see, I saw it just as narcotics anonymous so I kept drinking. Right. I I think that's not uncommon. Yeah. So I was like, well I'll stop the drugs, but you know, I can handle my drink and then the drink always turned into pot, which always turned into Coke or meth and you know
1: Which turned into a mental hospital. Yeah,
2: yeah. Or almost getting a gun pulled on me in Chicago, you know, for Mm -hmm. roaming the streets high on meth, trying Mm -hmm. to hit on girls and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm.
1: So yeah. So bad things happened. Bad yeah. things would happen, and you yeah. and you you were starting to get the connection. Yeah. What, yeah. What was causing the bad things? Yeah. 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 And um, see, a lot of times other people. It's funny because you know we use you know the word bottom gets thrown around. Uh-huh. You know, and what's your bottom, and this and that, and the other thing. And sometimes I think it's other people that have a hard time with with your with your. Uh, bottom, if you want to call, you know your your, the end of your drinking. Other people have a harder time understanding how how bad it had to get. Yeah, but yeah, you
2: that's how bad it had to get. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was. You know, they talk about the yets and AA of uh jails, institu- institutions, or death. And you know, I did the institutions, and there was jail and death. You know, and I didn't want to do those. You know, right. Uh, I didn't learn about those yets till later on, but.
1: So you, so you were doing... You were, and so you had a little bit of, of clean, clean from drugs but not from alcohol. Right. Got back in trouble. Ended up back in the hospital. Right. What, and couple, then what? That went on, that went on quite, quite a couple, few times. Yeah. So. And then did you switch off into... I think you mentioned something to me about uh, DDA. What, tell me about yeah, that.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, I started going to uh, DDA, Dual Diagnosis Anonymous. It's for uh, people with addiction problems and uh, mental illness. And... Uh, you know i started going there and you know i i was able to put it together a year and a half there doing dda and rarely aa um but you were clean that you'd stopped all all substances at that point yes, for a year and a yeah, half yeah yeah so um you know i i don't know how i got that together that year and a half back when i was also very mentally ill um you were still having panic attacks still not as bad of panic attacks, but yeah. the, the, you know, the bipolar and, you know, uh, the schizophrenia was uh, very prevalent still. And
1: how you knew that was you were still delusional?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't know I was delusional. I thought it was normal, whatever I was experiencing. Because, you know, other people were telling me, you know, you need to take this medicine, you know. (laughs) 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 What
1: you were were thinking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who was your, who who was, you were still hanging with famous people in your head?
2: No, that, that ended, well, no, you know, that went on for a little while after the six months, but at, but I would ca- I was able to catch it and be like no that's not real you know yeah. that's not really happening, but it, you know there I would be thinking people were talking to me you know in my mind and uh you know
1: so there was other stuff that was going on the vo- voices or whatever yeah. or you yeah. know things like yeah, that yeah
2: voices too yeah, yeah. Aud- auditory hallucinations and stuff um but yeah and, and then I relapsed on some beer and it was uh. It, <laughs> it sucked so no. i don't know it was just that one little thing and then i went back and then um i was doing the dda thing naa and i i i was coming back you know i was coming out of my mental illness you know not i was getting healthier mentally mm-hmm. and uh, how did you know that um because i could see myself i could finally see myself uh being able to relate to people and people want to be my friend and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I was also, you know, I was chairing three to four, about three DDA meetings a week. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so you were working hard at it.
2: Yeah. After that relapse with the beer, I started getting, I jumped right back in for, and I got two and a half years together there. Mm-hmm. And um, I I don't know how I, I mean, it, it's just very, uh, um, it, it, it kind of boggles my mind that I was able to, you know, deal with the mental illness and stay sober for that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the time I had a higher power. I had uh, I had friends um, that knew about me, mm-hmm. knew I was bisexual, that mm-hmm. I was HIV positive, that I had mental illness, and they were my friend anyway, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and that was a, a wonderful thing. Yeah. You know. There was no lies. No, no, yeah, no, I mean, I could finally kind of just be myself and, uh, be the person that I always was, you know, inside, which I, which was a pretty good person, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of external things and things I wanted that, uh, took, I don't know pain or. Uh, I don't it took well, all of that. It, to get. Yeah, I, I get you. Well, you know what? It
1: goes all the way back to the title of the, the title of the show. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. It's it's the the wild lotus, which is the, it's a fla- a beautiful flower. Yeah. That comes comes from muddy water. Yeah. 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 And that's really what we're talking about. Yeah. Don't know exactly how it happened. No. Or all but, this muddy water that we have, and now, we're starting to see that you're not who you are, yeah. and you're okay, yeah. and, and you're, you know, you're not a bad guy, and blah, yeah.
2: blah, blah, you know, and, uh, so I, I had, I got, like, two and a half years together, and then, um, I remember I had to go to the dentist, and they gave me Vicodin's for the pain, I'm like, oh, okay, no big deal, I'll just, take them as prescribed no (laughs) no (laughs) i tried it first but uh i see i like that feeling and i'm like i think i'll take seven more right now no (laughs) that's a normal thing right Um, (laughs) right um so in that kind of you know i got i relapsed then and then i went on a binge on some other drugs and alcohol and uh Ended up back in a mental hospital. So mm-hmm. I I stopped taking my medication. I was, you know, I was probably out a week or two, mm-hmm. and ended up in a mental hospital pretty quick. And I uh, uh, got back out and just got back on the AA wagon and you know, learned from it. You know, luckily I didn't, I, I I was able to learn the lesson that for me I can't take you know I, I'll Anything. Take, yeah I got to take Tylenol. <coughs> you know yeah. I, I can't be taking vitamins or whatever that, you know, I got to tell the doctor, no, I, I can't take that, you know? Uh, and that for me, that's, that's something I have to do to stay sober. Do you tell them up front? Oh yeah. Yeah. But, yeah I mean, they've wanted to give me cough medicine with codeine and I said, no, I can't take that. Yeah. You know? Um, so I was able to learn that lesson and live through it. And, uh, you know, now I got, you know, I, I just got about, I got 14 months sober, um, like two weeks ago. So, no. good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Do you think that it's, um, would you say that it's harder to recover if you have mental illness too?
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Uh, from my own personal experience, because you're, you're, you're battling two different things that are just one, you know? Yeah. And they play into each other. You you know, you let let up on uh, the program, um, your mental illness is gonna get worse. You let up on your mental illness, you you could relapse and and then die you, or whatever, yeah. something crazy. Who knows what what could happen. And that you know, that's the thing today. Like I'm not the thing that scares me is that I'm not exactly sure what could happen after I take that first drink or drug. I don't know for sure what I'm capable of or what I would do. I don't know. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the things that keeps me sober, and, I mean, and it's just, I don't know if I've grown up a little, I don't know, it just, for me, it just doesn't make sense anymore Mm -hmm. to go out, because I have that illness, and, you know, I finally, you know, conceded to myself, and I had to get honest and be like, look, I mean, I have the illness of drug addiction, alcoholism, and, you know, for me uh the program of alcoholics anonymous is the medicine for my uh your addiction for my addiction yeah Yeah. and uh yeah
1: yeah you know and you just have to you just have to get to that point and whether that's you know call it what whatever acceptance or maturity or maybe both
2: probably both maybe (laughs) maybe
1: school of school of hard knocks yeah you know is is uh what's your what's your spiritual program or your what's your spiritual uh stuff like these days i mean you had a
2: you had a pretty bad experience there. yeah that i don't want to say what type of Buddhism it was but it was kind of cultish now that i look back on it and um i don't know well it wasn't uh, good I, for you yeah it, well yeah 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 it wasn't good for me it was, it was just too much mm-hmm. you know um but I mean, I still, I I believe in God, uh, I, I I like the Buddhist path, I don't consider myself a Buddhist, but I like their path, and uh, uh, it actually matches up with the AA program, you know, I, I read a book, I, I forgot, what, uh, forgot the name of it, One Breath at a Time, you know, and... Hmm. It's, yeah, there's a couple of them, one yeah. the of the 12 steps, yeah. another one that's out yeah. there, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I I mean, I even, in this last, or in this current uh, sobriety time, um, I had a struggle with my higher power, with with, uh, finding a higher power, finding God. And, you know, I talked to the Buddhist nun at uh, the Blue Lotus Temple. Mm, Equity, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I asked him, like, you know, I'm in AA, I need... higher power I need something greater than myself and she says well of course everyone needs something greater than themselves he said she you know we need something great we need something greater than our own thinking you know Mm -hmm. to guide us to uh, uh, rely on you know Mm -hmm. uh, something to keep us going you know so um, so I remember one night I was very pissed off at like the whole higher power idea, mm. but I've been in AA, bef- you know, before, so mm-hmm. I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna read a couple of things. I'm gonna read step two out of the twelve and twelve. Bill's story and we agnostics, and I pretty much told myself if I can't find something I relate to, I'm out, mm. you know. And you know, by the grace of God, I I, I knew to look where to look mm-hmm. to find. What I needed to find that higher power, mm-hmm. and there was a there's a saying in there, uh, or a, it says, uh, "Do you now, are you even willing to believe in a power greater than than yourself?" And at that time, my willingness was, I guess so. And then right then, I felt this peace, just just complete peace, like nothing was wrong, you know. And I was like, "Wow, okay, there's something here, mm-hmm. you know," and that. All you have to be is willing. Yeah, exactly. Willingness is extremely important. Didn't have to have all program. the bells and whistles no, or the
1: rubs right. the or the, right. any of that stuff. No, just it, the willingness.
2: Just the willingness. And, you know, I use that willingness in a lot of things in my life where, uh, like, if I don't want to do something, but I know I should, I just say, okay, God, I'm willing to do this, you know, and then I'll do it. hmm uh, so, yeah, that willingness is extremely important, um, willing to, to look at the fact that you might have a drug or alcohol problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: So that leads, that leads us into probably the final question that I will have for you tonight, and that is what, what advice would you have or what would you tell people out there that are struggling with, uh dual addiction i mean you've already said a lot of a lot of really helpful things i think but if you could bring you know bring it into you know a, 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 a sh- some kind of short phrase or whatever it is what would you what would you tell people that are struggling with addiction and mental illness
2: um probably probably uh be honest and talk about what's going on inside Hmm. Um, I think that honesty is extremely important in being honest that you have a mental illness, that you have a drug addiction or alcohol problem. I mean, because you got to know what the problem is before you can get the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is exactly your, what you had to do. You
1: had to get honest about yeah. your sexuality. You had to get honest about your drugs, Yeah, about the alcohol. Yeah. You kind of did it one at a time.
2: Yeah, but you know I I got her done though. You got that's right.
1: We got her done. (laughs) So yeah, no, I think that's good. That's really good advice and uh, honesty. Honesty. Um, Well, and then I I heard right at the end you you talking about how you found how you found your spirituality is willingness.
2: Yeah, well, it's absolutely. pretty simple it stuff. Is. It's a, that that word's pretty deep. It's subtle yet profound. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: It's not something you know. You just, I've heard the phrase "willing as only the dying can be." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <You know?
1: laughs> if that's what it takes. Well, yeah. um, I think what you've had to say is uh, has been really good and and will will be really helpful to a lot of people. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate Thank you. your willingness.
2: Yep. And I kind of like who you are. Hey, thanks, Rick. Not too
1: bad, yourself. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, so I think we'll close for tonight. Um, thanks to our guest Jeff W. and to our listeners um, and to our studio audience <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> uh, for making us a successful little underground support source for the recovering community. We'll send out reminders usually on Friday for next week's show. Um, and as always, we'll try to look at recovery from a wide and open perspective. So check out recoveryinternetradio.com .com. for all our archive shows and to sign up for our email reminder list. We'd love to hear from you because being, uh, being an internet radio show, we have no idea where you are listening from. So if you were to check in with us, we would know where you were from. We could put a pin on the map be that pin be be that Be that pin so as always live today love yourself and your neighbor and together we'll trudge the happy road to destiny we hope you've enjoyed the show we'll see you next Sunday night at 7 thanks